You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day when there isn't a holiday or when I'm not really, really wiped out from the day's events. Um, I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysfromthecouch.com. Back for an abbreviated week, I guess. Um, again, we celebrated Canada Day on Monday, so no episode. And then yesterday, I was unable to record until like 1 a.m. So that wasn't preferable. So again, we are doubling up today. Uh, this episode is going to be focused on the Royal Series since this is the first time talking to y'all since the Royal series started. So we're going to focus on that and then focus on some storylines out of the Red Sox game last night, maybe preview um, tonight's contest with Jacob Wagsback on the mound for the Blue Jays against, let me check my notes here, Chris Sale. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to go well. You know, no, I mean it, Blue Jays, took out Chris Sale last time. They can do it again. Anyway, that will be for the second episode today. Let's focus on Kansas City because Kansas City was fun. Why can't we play Kansas City every day? Just an enjoyable series against the Royals. The Blue Jays won the series, which, you know, is a plus whenever you can get it in uh, in this season. So I wanted to talk about a couple of the overarching threads that we saw, and some of them are going to overlap with our second episode. So I will do my best to keep them separate, but uh, obviously offense big for the Blue Jays against the Royals. I mean, it was, it was consistent. Um, like, like it was, it was just nice to see the Blue Jays scored 30 runs in that series. They so that's an average of seven and a half runs a game, which is well above what we're used to seeing with this Blue Jays team. <laughs> so, thank you to the Royals pitchers for just you know helping some of the some of the Blue Jays out of some slumps. Um, obviously the leader as he has been since his return from AAA banishment was Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Just just a monster series uh, against the Royals. Um, especially that first game that, that really set the tone um, for the Blue Jays when he went two for four with two home runs. Just very, very happy. I, um, I did say that I was uh, I was going to buy some pineapples. I'm still working on that. Superstore does not have enough pineapples to fully cover what I need. So, um, yeah, going to Sobeys later. We'll see what how that goes. But again, just just Lourdes being that kind of catalyst for this offense, be, being a dependable 
source of offense for this Blue Jays team. Like, you send Lourdes out now, and you know there's a there's going to be a chance that he he's going to get extra bases, like a higher than normal chance. This isn't something the Blue Jays have had in their lineup the past couple of years. Like, like I don't think since the heyday of Jose Bautista has there been a consistent threat at the top of the lineup like that. And I know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is in the lineup, but he's 20. He's not a consistent threat yet. He will get there. I am sure of it. But he is not that consistent offensive threat the way Lourdes has been since his call-up. And I I know there were some Blue Jays fans who were just like, let's get Lourdes in the All-Star game. Sadly, the All-Star game is not about rewarding one month of torrid production. It's about rewarding two months of torrid production. So sadly, Lourdes falls just short of that mark. But again, you have to be thrilled with what he was able to do. And and what the Blue Jays offense was able to do. Um, again, averaging seven and a half runs per game against Kansas City is great. But what I actually enjoyed seeing most happened in the lone loss in that series. And we probably won't talk about why that is a loss because I am sick of talking about why that game was a loss. But um, yeah, that. Uh, that second inning when the Blue Jays got a quick uh, we're down to two outs already had Rowdy on first uh, Freddie Galvis or sorry Rowdy was on second Freddie Galvis was on first and Luke Mealy's up and and it's an easy pop fly you would have thought Jorge Soler would have had it but he didn't. It dropped. Two runs scored. And, you know, a lot of times the Blue Jays this season would have been like, hey, two runs. Awesome. So they would have stopped right there. But they piled on. Eric Sogard followed with the single to score Mealy. And then Justin Smoke with a bomb. One of, uh, one of 12 home runs. I, I think I counted that right that the Blue Jays hit in that series. Uh, yeah, because it was four, three, two, three. Yeah, I was right. 12 home runs. Again, something that has been sorely lacking from this team. I mean, Freddie Calvis is tied for the lead in home runs uh, with 14. He's tied with Lourdes. Um. So, just just getting... Oh, he's tied with Smoke, too. I forgot about that. Still, the fact that no one has 15 so far, and they're like... There's like Christian Yelich would double that. But, now, the fact that the Blue Jays were able to take full advantage of that, take... Just, just compound the damage that other teams were doing to themselves. That is a huge lesson for a young team to learn how to do. That is how you beat consistently bad teams and run up your standing. So you get in that position where you can challenge some of these 
bigger teams. The Raptors had to do that for a while, too. They had to learn how to beat up on the bad teams in order to make themselves better and in order to, to get to the point where they could learn in the postseason. So seeing the Blue Jays do that on a consistent basis against a very bad Kansas City team, seriously, they're going to be one of the top two picks. Like, it's it's them, Baltimore, and Miami. And Miami is is doing way better. So Miami may be playing themselves out of top pick contention. But just seeing the Blue Jays do that to, to the Royals, just, you know, especially on Canada Day, just kind of take them behind the woodshed. Um, it, it was a huge boost to see. And again, the past couple weeks have been about boosts for this team. There's more faith. There's more belief that this team can do things. So uh, the Kansas City Series was fun. Um, Can't wait to do it again when Baltimore comes because that's going to be, you know, hilarious. Um, But yeah, we focused a lot on the hitting and this half. So we will talk about some of the pitching that was seen in that series. Again, we are not going to talk about um, a a particular person who pitched during that series because frankly, I'm sick of talking about them. And there were a couple of excellent articles posted on jaysfromthecouch.com about them. So I would go and check those out. So... Yeah, we will be right back after this break. But just a reminder that uh, if you want the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed at LockedOnNBA.net. It's an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency. Maybe Kawhi will sign. Who knows? Anyway, get it all at LockedOnNBA.net. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the pitching against the Royals, some of it was really good. We will talk about one of them in the later episode, as I mentioned, Um, but I did want to focus on a couple of key pitchers. First of all, Marcus Stroman only lasting four innings on Saturday. He said he came out uh, due to a precautionary measure. And honestly, I, I'm inclined to believe him. Because um, Stroman doesn't doesn't strike me as someone who is going to come out easily. I mean, we've seen that compete level with him uh, for, for like, ever since he's been there. Um, and if he was dealing with, with a cramp in his shoulder, then I'm inclined to believe it was pretty freaking serious. I mean, he called for Nikki Huffman and the training staff. He does not do that. He will fight to finale to stay in the game and he was he knew he was in line for that win too because you know 
Homer Bailey. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a little tough to see. And again, like for Blue Jays fans who have been watching basically every trade piece over the past couple of years, just get injured. It, it was tough to see, but he's expecting to be all right enough to make his start. He's scheduled to pitch the finale against Boston. So have to think he will be out there for that. And like he's he's going to be at the All-Star game. I think we can already confirm that. I mean, he he's so stoked about that. It's his first nomination. And and I admittedly you Ken Giles had an extremely strong case, but with the American League only taking three relievers. They took Brad Hand, they took Shane Green, and um uh this shows you how much attention i was paying to the all-star rosters i i knew green was there because detroit is the only like that's all they really have um i knew hand was there because i have hand on my fantasy team and he's really good oh yeah maybe that's why i couldn't remember because i wanted to block a garbage person of all this Chapman from my brain. So, yeah, only three uh, pure relievers. Oh, four, sorry. Ryan Presley made it for the Astros. Still, that's a lot of starters. Um, Usually, a couple of them get knocked out because they end up starting on Sunday and they're like, no, we can't have them. So, Ken Giles has a very strong case to get in as an injury replacement whether or not it will happen will remain to be seen but um no i'm 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 not gonna argue with marcus stroman being there because marcus stroman absolutely deserved it and yeah he's he's gonna go out there he's gonna be all right i'm not worried about him leaving the kansas city game early blue jays bullpen did enough for that win so we move on. The um, I want to mention a couple other names for performances from that series. First of all, um, from that Sunday game with the starter that we will not be talking about today, um, the Monarch of Meat, uh, Nick Kingham, three and a third innings of one run ball, like in a very tough situation. Now, honestly, that's what Kingham's here to do. Is just soak up innings like that. And, you know, that was a decent performance. The only run he gave up was on a solo shot um, to Jorge Soler. So, very solid outing from him, which is nice to see. If he can continue doing that, then he will have a place as that kind of long man for the Blue Jays, especially given who some of the starters are going to be for this team. They need length in the bullpen. So Kingham, former starter, you stretched out with the Pirates. So makes a lot of sense for him to do that. And he put in a very good performance on Sunday. And then the Canada Day game 
which how long had Toronto fans been waiting for a Canada Day like that? I know that they've been waiting for the win since 2015, but for for just a dominating performance like that, um, just just a wonderful way to send the fans happy. And and again, the offense did a lot of it. Freddie Galvis, two home runs. Um, Kevin Biggio, Randall Grichuk just could not not drive in runs. So it was kind of easy to miss in that game that Clayton Richard got his first win as a Blue Jay and delivered a second straight quality start for the Blue Jays. Six innings, uh, three runs allowed, gave up seven hits, struck out four, dropped his ERA down to 650. But with certain pitchers on the Blue Jays having problems, and we will talk about one of them in the second episode today, but we will not be talking about the other one because I've made that clear four or five times in this episode. But with those issues that the Blue Jays have been having, it it was very key for Clayton Richard to go out there and, and have a performance. And he did just that. He only needed 80 pitches to get through six innings. He probably could have gone longer, but you know, you let him get the quality start. You let him get that notch on the belt. And you let him continue to essentially rebuild himself because the the value was cratered in San Diego and it was continuing to be cratered uh, at the start of his Blue Jays tenure, which of course was derailed due to injury. But um, putting together a couple outings like this, it, it's great for not only Richard, but for the younger members of the staff because then they can see that you know you you can grind it and the results will start to come as they're starting to come for Richard so I I just want to you know tip the cap to him give him the credit for that and yeah just continue basking in the glow of that Kansas City series as we come to the end of this episode of Locked on Jays just a reminder Um, If you're not following me on Twitter, it's the best way to get involved in this show. Um, So uh, follow me at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. Follow the podcast at LockedOnJays on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, Subscribe to the podcast on Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. All those are great options. So get your podcasts wherever you can, subscribe to Locked on Jays. Leave a review if you want. I mean, it's appreciated. I like the attention. And yeah, we will be back later today to talk about uh, yesterday's game against the Red Sox. And that will be less fun than this one, but we will do it anyway. So for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and for everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com. I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and y'all take care.